2: Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed for two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired, because star style, be the star you are, starts right now.
1: are you? I never say never. Jamais dis jamais. Are you living your dreams? Hello, party partners. Welcome to Radio's Finest Power Hour. Star Style, be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney, And we are your empowerment coaches, your personal growth success coaches, here on the Airways with you every week. And we want you to love, learn, laugh, listen, and, of course, live your dreams through books and positive media Our purpose in providing you this radio show is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the writer, producer, director, and star
3: of your own life. We want you to smile. What's the next one? Have fun and be willing to take that chance to be wild and crazy. Heather's got it down. And, of course, we want you to read some good books. Maybe you haven't heard of
1: these. As an author, I have a few bestsellers, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, Be the Star You Are, The Business of Show Business, Miracle Moments, and the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, which Heather has several chapters in as well. And our authors that we present here, even though they're bestsellers, often you might not have heard of them. So pick up a copy of the book at BeTheStarYouAre.com. Well, in today's show, we're going to be reminiscing about high school, We're going to to learn to live with certainty, and we're going to unveil some government cover-ups of UFOs, unidentified flying objects. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information on getting a private consultation over the phone or in person, call 925-377-7827. Warren Buffett said, there are three kinds of people, innovators, imitators, and idiots. And that quote from Warren Buffett definitely relates to our topic of high school. (laughs) This past week, uh, Heather and I went to a high school reunion. We had a blast. And at first, we dug out the yearbooks and had some great laughs. I mean, she dug out hers, which are very recent. I dug out mine, which are a bit more dinosaurs. And interestingly, you know, yearbooks are yearbooks, and they're still pretty similar. And one of the things that was said at the reunion was um, that only the people who attend are the ones that are doing well, who want to kind of, you know, commiserate and reconnect with people. So I thought, okay, those must be the innovators. Interesting thought. Well, talking about uh, these, this high school reunion and high school yearbooks, Heather, you hadn't looked at your yearbook for a little while when we dug them out, and this was really something fun to do.
3: And completely, the other thing is, as we always talk about it, is we have this thing of we romanticize the past. We, we, when we go through high school, we always remember there was all these trials and turmoils and, you know, why they kind the angst of teenagers. But we forget all of that. We forget why we stopped being friends with someone or we didn't want to sit with next to them in the lunchroom or why this, why I can never show my face again. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And it was kind of fun to look back at these yearbooks because there's these Little glimpses of who we were, who we thought we were going to be, and what we've become, and and definitely in these people that would write. Um, one thing it's so funny with I, I often will reference um, yearbooks and things. Sometimes uh, almost a popularity contest. I'll say something like, "It's not a yearbook," you know, kind of like you don't have to write all over this. And looking back at these pages of pages filled with all these comments and well wishes, and there's names that I don't remember of people saying, oh, you know, you're just the sweetest person, and you're my best friend, and oh, remember when we did this and this of these people? Something I completely don't remember, or they'll reference something that at that time it seemed like, gosh, this must have been so important. And I have no idea what it's important to do. I know. You know, that was what I
1: thought was so fun, especially looking at uh, at my yearbooks, is that people would say, oh, I will keep, you know, thank you so much for keeping my secrets about Los Angeles. Or, And I'm thinking, I don't ever remember going what to in Los Angeles, so, yeah. you know, with this person. Or other ones, uh, this was interesting, especially at the yearbook. I used to be a little matchmaker in high school, and I was constantly really trying to help people, you know, meet other people, etc. Well, the funny thing about all of that is that uh, some of those people did get married after high school. There was one couple that I was thrilled to know that they were, you know, still, you know, still married after all these years. However, there were other ones that did not make it. And so it was, and they came up and talked to me, and I was like, oh, oh shoot, I didn't know that, uh, you know, that it wasn't going to be a long-lasting thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I found that to be really funny. And then I also thought that all these things in the yearbook, you know, where they would say, oh, thank you for introducing me to so-and-so, the, he's the love of my life, or, you know, she's the love of my life. And then you see these people today, and they don't even remember who that was.
3: No and you know, and that's I mean it's it's so funny too or, or these people too one one thing I found for myself to be really interesting because um, I went to this reunion with you is I feel female you know how men and women uh, age differently looking you know when you look back I think females a lot of time you can still see a lot of facial characteristics, and not to say that men don't age well, I just feel they age differently and it was really interesting you could definitely the girls right off you could tell oh that's sally sue and Susie smith you know all those kinds of things but the men it kind of took a little bit more effort and i've noticed that even just you know just being out of um High school, almost ten years now. Uh, I've ran run into people that some people that have had that baby face just don't seem to age. But other times, people I really had to. Oh my gosh, I would have never recognized this person. Um, so it's really interesting to well, talk. A lot of times with the guys,
1: at least what I recognized, you know, what I realized here at the my school reunion, which I just had the blast. Is you know the guys go bald. Um, a lot of the guys get a punch on them, and a lot of them were, you know, very thin in high school, and, you know, they were runners on the track or, you know, something, and so they didn't have any of that, and then, of course, people get glasses, and and so just because of those things, you tend not to recognize some of the people, and so I thought it was, I definitely did think it was harder to recognize the guys. Than the girls and I definitely had to be looking at name tags, but I I do think what helped it the most was looking at the yearbook before we even
3: or all four yearbooks before we even got to the event, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, I thought I mean, I completely and you know and that tells you that's actually something as interesting as it was the first time me looking in on those yearbooks of yours and I remember you're showing kind of the transition, you know of. The time, um, the decade, you know, that it was in and how things kind of evolved from that freshman year to the senior year. How the pictures got cooler and more artistic and, um, you know, very with that kind of hippie kind of times have definitely reflected of the decade. And that was really cool to see. And, and then when I looked in my own because it made me think of, oh, my gosh, I remember and looking – and I also, too, I remember when I was in high school, the pictures – Thinking everyone looks so old. When I was a freshman, the seniors looked like they were 30 to me. And I remember that when I was a senior thinking the freshmen looked like little kids. Now when I look at it, everyone looks like a little kid. And even the seniors just look like little, old little kids. <laughs> exactly. And the freshmen look like kindergartners. Oh my gosh. That completely. was really funny to me. And, and you know, it's interesting too, um, it wasn't as severe because my decade, we you know, it was only ten years ago, um, but it's interesting looking back the clothing wise of people. Because as for now, things that I, maybe we thought were so cool, now I look at it, it was kind of plain. But especially looking in your decades, guys, of even the stuff that you guys probably seemed was plain looks so cool now. Just a the- well, you know, that's such a great point, Heather. Because what's interesting is.
1: You're always raiding my closet, and I only, you know, mm-hmm. I have a few things from that decade, but I will say, when you look at the clothing from my yearbooks,
3: uh, even the hairstyles, they're pretty hip. Yeah, or, or hilarious. Or hilarious, <laughs> right? I mean, and that's funny too, you know, the short hair, the bobs, the uh, beehive, you know, all the, and the glasses, oh my god, these huge, I think one thing that's interesting when I look um, at your yearbook, my yearbook, and then how just kind of based off myself, you know, working with, you know, patients with working with younger patients, um, seeing, visually seeing, you know, high school kids. I feel at your time it was more of a celebration of being different. Um, it was, you know, was that hippie? Well, it, you know,
1: or, it, on that slide, just to piggyback on that thought, is you just think about the homecoming pictures where in my generation there, they didn't show you with your crown and stuff on. They put you in, you know, you always you said to me, Mom, what are you doing in the bushes? You know? yeah. <laughs> and you weren't supposed to smile. You were supposed to look all serious and stuff. And it's pretty, and
3: yours is completely different. Oh, completely. I mean, but one thing I want to get to is just I feel, though, you know, it's it's interesting, I think high school is always that hard time, there is so many of that angst, that people we go through before, kind of like before we're friends with our parents, you know, we're not, there, our parents, and we hate everything they say and do, and before we're in acceptance with ourselves, uh, before we, we start to realize, I love my freckles, and, um, you know, and that crook in my nose, and that my hair is weird, or has these things, um, high school is that time, you know, all you suddenly become very aware of your body, and who you are, and the way and your friends, and it kind of leads us to different, you know, good or bad. Um, You know, there is all that drama how, you know, the clicks happen and people gang up on you and all the people that were your friends or all that kind of stuff, and you look back and it seems so silly now. Uh, But just looking in pictures I was seeing is that I feel um, your generation, or even just mine, I remember our senior year, people were really at that age where there was so much acceptance. where So everyone was kind of, uh, maybe and it was, It's a very social, economic, and just a culture from school to school. I feel my school personally, by that senior year, everyone was so excited for college and so excited for who they were, of being different. And I see with a lot of times I feel the newest generation's um, it is about yourself, but about almost, you know, kind of being this perfect, set, that now parents are giving their kids, you know, nose jobs, their boob jobs as graduation presents, and people aren't wearing glasses, they're getting, um, you know, uh contacts, and and kind of, a, you know, it's just little things I think we don't really look at um, on the surface, and I think these digging into these yearbooks, you kind of start you start to see these things that um I think as as you age is just I remember when being in high school and thinking, I just know everything, and right. and it's not really until you get older you kind of put all these different things in into uh perspective and it, it was just so fascinating. I loved looking um versus of what you guys said, the way you looked and act, and then for me, it was kind of fun of seeing because I didn't know these people prior, seeing who they were in these pictures. And then I, and you know, hearing the stories, reading the things, and then actually, and seeing them now, Um was so, it was so fun, kind of seeing that full circle, because eventually, in a couple of years, I, you know, I'm gonna be at that reunion, and I'm gonna be, you know, that person where everything is, um just these these stories that, you know, we romanticize. and Well, you know, um, one of the things
1: that was really the most fun for me, and I would really recommend it for people who are going to the reunion, is bringing you as my daughter. And so you walk in and everyone was like, they thought you were, you know, like you were saying, oh, my gosh, everybody thought Mm -hmm. you looked so much like me when I was that age. And that was really fun to see you reacting to the times that we had had.
3: And I, I enjoyed that a lot. I thought that was just super fun. Oh yeah. and I think, you know, that's one thing I'm always the same, bringing in a fresh uh perspective and also I think it kind of brings that thing of um, keeping in touch you know with people or how I think especially just a kind of a tip for someone if it's getting to be um, that time for reunion stuff a lot of times in today's society for better or for worse um, there's alumni associations with your high school uh, you know, to be, you know, ready to get all the updates. And unfortunately, if you're not on that, you're going to miss this stuff. I know for me, I missed my five-year because I hadn't caught on to the Facebook bandwagon yet. And that's how they sent out the invite. And I only well, heard you know, it's months funny later. My sister
1: said the same thing. My sister said, well, I never got an invitation. I said, well, that's because you don't have a computer. <laughs> and all the invitations were done online. So being online and being part of Facebook and Twitter and having an email address, they are no longer luxuries. It's absolutely mandatory if you want to be part of of anybody's records.
3: So like that it's keeping that you know that community that communication with things and that can keep you updated that way too. You know you can know. Um, I know with my high school stuff, you know, it kind of, that kind you can find out, you know, who just got registered, who's in your area, weddings, deaths, all that kind of stuff. Because um, it is that thing that even when you distance yourself, when you see people again, you might have had the hugest tip with them in high school, but you forget that. And there is that wonderful comfortness when you right, run it into was someone. All, yeah,
1: everything was positive. So if anybody out there is thinking they don't want to go, make sure to go. It's fun, it's nostalgia, you're really reminiscing the past, but only the best part of the past. It's a great time to catch up with, you know, what people are doing, did they become the most successful, are they still the best dressed, all of those fun things, you know, are they the most athletic, what kind, do they have kids, what are their jobs, everything, it's just, it's just really great. So I really say get out the high school yearbooks, peruse them, and attend your high school reunion. It is uh,
3: kind of like having that high school musical all over again. Well, Heather, give out the website. Most definitely. We want you to go to bethestarur.org, dot com, both with a K, and myspace.com forward slash Clutches. And when we return from break,
1: we're going to meet author and coach Christy LeBlanc, who is going to help us experience deep Soul joy through her book, Living with Certainty. Don't go away. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Rittany. And you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back with Christy in just a bit.
2: Listen. Listen. The world is talking the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Looking for unique,
0: one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmody Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827.
2: Be the star you are You are You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life changing talk radio. It's the power hour on Star Style Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan.
1: Well, every week, Star Style Be the Star You Are brings you authors and experts who enrich and expand your mind, body, and spirit. The goal is for you to be the star you were born to be. Well, Is it really time for you to change your life? Are you grappling with a lot of lack of fulfillment in your career, in your love life, in your purpose, whatever it may be? Christy LeBlanc has written a book, Living with Certainty, which is a spiritual self-help philosophy and a lifestyle that gives you a fresh, practical, and prescriptive formula for discovering the universe that has what the life in the universe has always intended for you welcome christy to star style be the star you are hello cynthia thank you for having me well thank you for writing this book it is a very very life-changing book it's about authenticity spirituality and discovery but first a little bit of background about you you have been a senior partner and you're a gold global practice leader with some of the world's largest executive firms And you've interacted, Christy, with uh, probably many of the most successful people on the planet. Yet despite outwardly accomplishments, we're not always inwardly feeling successful. In fact, sometimes we feel spiritually bankrupt. Your coaching and advice offers that spiritual lens to live fully with a deep soul joy. So I would love you to tell us uh, how you came to develop this spiritual philosophy for living with this deep soul joy, especially coming from the executive-level
0: headhunter field. Right, right. Yes, I'm I'm kind of a maverick in my field right now, talking about spirituality. Absolutely, Um, because you don't hear that that much in the business world. You know, you don't, but uh, I believe that living with purpose is an inherently, innately spiritual uh, way to live your life. and. You know, over this isn't something that I just uh, set out to create over time. um, You know, it developed. My innate personal orientation is to see everything through a spiritual lens. And after spending about um, in my 14th year as an executive recruiter, as you said, I've been with the largest, most prestigious retained executive search firms and had the privilege of interviewing some of the most successful executives, senior executives out there. And through thousands, literally thousands of conversations in which I assessed and, and interviewed these leaders, I observed really vast differences in people relative to their feelings of success or failure, fulfillment, frustration. So many people um have always asked, but really, in these economic times are, are asking. You know, who am I? What do I really have to offer? Yeah,
1: and How why can I am get... I here? It's got to be more than the big house Absolutely. on the hill and, you know, the fancy car and the beautiful clothes
0: and the designer shoes. There is more. Absolutely, People want to know, what should I really be doing? I'm not uh experiencing joy, fulfillment, or purpose. And I heard it all the time. I hear it every day now. And people want to make a more significant contribution and particularly people who have been on somewhat of a spiritual journey, whatever form that takes for them, they know that they're not connecting with, with purpose, that they're not living authentically. And, and I saw that in people and I found that it is without a doubt the people who are purpose and passion driven who are the most content and fulfilled and joyous. So, no, yes, my... yeah, I
1: totally agree with you. I always say that when we find our passion and we find our purpose, we find our life. And this is what you help people right. do with your book, Living with Certainty, Experience Deep Soul Joy, and, of course, you do uh, coaching as well. But I, I want to go through some of your certainty philosophies because, first of all, they're easy they're practical, they're real, and people can start implementing them today. And it's not that it's not going to be hard work because any kind of change always is hard work. There's no magic bullet. But we have signs, signals, symbols, and synchronicities that we need to be looking for. I love those four words, and I really think you hit the nail on the head when you say that they're there for all of us if we're, we open our eyes and open our hearts to them. Would you
0: address that a little bit? Because the four S's are critical. Absolutely. Well, part, a core aspect of the living with certainty philosophy is that through interviewing these joyous, successful people, I found that they innately live from a high vibrational frequency. And again, going back to the fact that I really see the world through a spiritual lens, this stood out for me. And so uh, within the book, I've identified 65 energy enablers, and these are the things that I believe put you, when you live from this high vibrational state, and to your point, it isn't hard once you do the work of, of perhaps re- removing and eliminating uh, you know, what may be for you lifelong conditioning and bad habits and a pessimistic attitude. So there is work to be done, and, and that is really laid out in the book, which really provides a, a blueprint for, for raising your no, vibration. There are so many skeptics out there
1: that will say, oh, you know, that's just all coincidence, or people are just lucky. But what you are saying, again, coming from this spiritual uh, this spiritual lens, this spiritual way of looking at things is that there really are no coincidences and luck is really when, you know, hard work meets opportunity and right. we create our own fortune. We create our own, you know, the, we create our future. If we want to really see what it's like, it's up to us to create it. And so by watching for these signs, signals, etc., we are given clues to maybe what we need to be listening to. And you gave an example of a number that comes up for you all the time, the number 19. And I thought that was such a a clear and simple clue that, you know, something, this
0: was resonating for you. There was something around that. Absolutely. Well, when we get into what I call our spiritual power frequency, we are living from that high vibrational state. I believe that we're surrounded with uh, communication messages from source energy that help to guide us. And I think that it happens naturally and easily, and it's not tough because this happens when you're living your most authentic life. That's when is you, when 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 this you happens. talk about
1: a high energy or a high vibrational energy or a spiritual power frequency, you've made it clear that it doesn't matter whether you are agnostic, an atheist, a religious person or just spiritual, it's there. I mean it's like turning on a light switch.
0: You don't have to believe in electricity to have Absolutely. it be there. Right. When you're living your most authentic, purposeful life, the reason that your soul came into, you know, earthly physicality and is in your body right now, all of this happens very natural. So, you know, signs will appear to guide you. For me, the number 19 is critical. I have had times where, you know, there were things physically wrong with me and I felt blocked. I wasn't seeing signs. I could feel that my energy... Wasn't vibrating at a really high pure frequency that I wasn't really in my flow and moving forward. And I've seen this with executives as well. But when they, when they, un- when what, if you're aware, if, and I think you have to meditate to really be aware, but if you live with awareness, you will become aware of how you feel. You will become aware of the signs and the synchronicities and the signals and symbols that are appearing for you. For me, it just happens to be that. When I am in my flow, you know, uh, my airline seat, my airplane seat is number 19, and I'm at gate 19, and, you know, in the book, I I really – my daughter was born in room 19. Yeah, and Um, and
1: you never even realized she was born in that room until you were looking at a
0: video? Years later. Years later, yes. And I was watching it with family, and they said, look above your head. And I looked above my head, and it said, sweet 19. Isn't that something? (laughs) Yeah, but, it's just but, perfect. But that
1: happens for us all the time. But, you know, one of the things that's really important is that when you see these signs that you follow up with it and don't just poo-poo it away.
0: Exactly. It, it does and, require and,
1: you – again, we're talking to uh, Christy LeBlanc, for those of you just joining us. Her book is Living with Certainty, and she has 65, you know, enablers, things that can help you uh get from here to there and boost your energy so that you do are living on a concept of high vibrational energy and using that spiritual power energy. But you say that to have deep soul joy, it requires heightened awareness, purposeful authenticity, uh, and those are two things that are absolute essentials. Let's talk about what the heightened awareness and purposeful
0: authenticity mean. Well, the heightened awareness is, is part and parcel of, you know, living with awareness, living in the here and now moment, staying in tune with how you're feeling. I call that your internal in, instruction system. It's your emotions, your gut feel, your instinct, your intuition. When you You have to be in the here and now moment to really understand how you're feeling. And I think that we receive a lot of guidance that way. So in combination with, as you mentioned, I laid out sixty five energy enablers in the book and those were traits that I have seen in uh very successful, very joyous, purposeful, fulfilled executives over the years. And all of these things when they could, they're they're so matrixed, you know. I believe when you read the book, Living with Certainty, these chapter after chapter, the book layers upon itself because this is um all about discovering your inspired soul view and i call it your inspired soul view we all have a concept of what our soul is but it's it's more it's meant to be more than that it's meant to serve as your inspiration it's meant to give you the view of your future and what why you're here and so your inspired soul view is a uh, part and parcel of of living with purposeful authenticity Well, Um, you know, people know they've heard a
1: lot about the law of attraction between the movie and and the book and all of that. But what you're talking about, I mean, it incorporates that, but it is so much more. It is uh, the little things you were talking about earlier, the meditation. And you in your book, you also talk about the importance of being quiet, meditating. And that will help you to live with certainty because... When we're so busy, we don't have room for anything to come in.
0: Absolutely. You know, I believe I start out the meditation chapter by saying, if you do nothing else in this book, meditate, because meditation will fundamentally change your life. Around meditation, around that chapter, I've provided a very practical approach to living with everyday spirituality. And, and I think we've, we've, we've left no stone unturned in this approach no, I you know I I really agree yourself. with you
1: here is with you divided it so well into different chapters from um taking action your relationships I mean almost anyone you talk to wants a a great relationship but so few people find it and when you are living on purpose and from this soul vibration then you do find your best friend you know you do you do connect but giving gratitude was another chapter I think gratitude and forgiveness really meant a lot to me because those are two things that are so often overlooked.
0: They sure are, and you know i gratitude living from a place of gratitude, and again, this goes to awareness, being aware of what you're seeing, what you're receiving, what you're feeling being aware of of a blue sky and and you know I live in Colorado, so mountain peaks and and all the beauty of my environment, living from that place of gratitude. And it doesn't matter if you can live in New York City. You're surrounded by your friends. Being grateful for, for wherever you are at that moment and the opportunity because everything that's happening to you is providing a learning opportunity. So living from a place of gratitude is, is the purest energy. Living well, from a know, place of love and gratitude. That's so
1: important because no matter where you are, if you seek beauty, you will find it. If you seek negativity, right. you will find that. And so you gave examples of just looking up to the clouds, looking at the formations of the clouds, and you can see signs and symbols in that, and then appreciating the beauty that is there, and then Absolutely. talking about forgiveness in your um, in living with certainty. Forgiving is good for yourself; it's good for your soul, even though the
0: person doesn't even know that they've been forgiven. That's right. I mean, if you do not forgive and you carry around. That negative energy that, um it, 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 it stymies your own journey. It, it thwarts your own forward progress. And what you don't want to do is let that person harm you again. So it's not about, they may not even know that you've forgiven them, but it's about you. And I think that that's, th- those are two great points. Forgiveness is, is, is something that, it, will automatically densen and lower your vibrational frequency. You can do everything else right, but if you're not living from a place of gratitude, if you're not um, uh, Letting go, forgiving people, you're of, not, you're, you're not, you can't align with source energy when your energy is not as pure as possible. Well, you know, we're living in such tough times now, Christy,
1: And especially, you know, this is a a a very severe recession. People are losing their jobs. People are going bankrupt. They're losing their homes. And then now your book is called Living with Certainty. Is there any certainty out there? And what would be, besides, you know, obviously picking up your book and doing these things, are there a couple of things that people could take away right
0: now that they could just incorporate your methods into their life? Absolutely. You know, the first thing that everybody has to do is to embrace the fact that because you were born, no matter what you're going through right now and how tough times may be, because you were born, you belong. It's as simple as that. Uh, I and love it. You are enough. You are enough. And no matter how hard this is, you'll, you are going to get through this. The other key point is to, Learn to heighten your vibrational frequency. It's still a term that is foreign to a lot, I believe, to the mainstream. It makes people squirm. I see it every day. They look around. They look down. They're like, what is she talking about? Well, and people are afraid of the word spirituality, too, because they think it's still tied up with religion
1: or something, you know, that might be a little bit um, too, um, I don't know, esoteric. But the reality is we're all spiritual beings, so...
0: Absolutely, and I know many re- re- pe- very religious people who don't live with certainty. Exactly, living with certainty can, is a companion to. Uh, you can be an atheist and live with certainty. You can be religious and live with certainty. Living with certainty is something that will be additive to your journey. It's about you, tightening you your vibrational so frequency. If people
1: wanted to contact you. First of all, they could go to your website, Living With livingwithcertainty.com where it's a fantastic website everyone livingwithcertainty.com you can get your one-on-one consulting you can find out more about the book you can learn how to change your lifestyle there's just all kinds of stuff you can you could book christy for speaking but
0: tell us a little bit about your coaching the coaching is in high demand right now, as you might imagine. Uh, the first thing I recommend is that people read the book. And m- many people, we're all at different phases phases in our spiritual journeys and in our lives right now. We're all facing different things. But anybody who's in transition, who's really trying to figure out what they should be doing, how they can achieve really this, this life of deep soul joy, um, I help you walk through that journey and figure out where you are and what you need to do to really what may be holding you back from living from a high vibrational frequency and what will uh, absolutely heighten your energy and put you in your flow. That is what can be we're doing. Done
1: over the phone as well
0: as in person. We do it. I do it on the phone every day um, and more and more. I'm using Skype. And of course, anybody who's in Colorado, um, I, I meet with in person.
1: Right. Great. Well, our author is Christy LeBlanc. We can't even get to all the tenets in her book, Living with Certainty, Experience, Deep Soul, Joy, Authenticity, Spirituality, Discovery. This is a book you'll want on your bookshelf because it's one of these books you're going to come back to over and over again because we all need to learn the lessons, and life is about learning lessons and continually growing and glowing. Go to livingwithcertainty.com. Christy, thank you so much for sharing your soul journey and how others can join you on this here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are.
0: It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Christy LeBlanc, Living with Certainty,
1: www.livingwithcertainty.com. When we return from break, we're going to look to the heavens with Leslie Keene and her astonishing book, UFOs. Get ready for the truth. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be
4: right back.
2: Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Do you ever have to make attitude adjustments? Well, every day it's important to have a position of positive input into your business life. We are creatures of habit. It's easy to get bogged down with the latest bad news and all the financial failures. The words you use determine the attitude you project. So be cautious that you're using success talk, not poor me talk. What we think about and talk about comes about. So how about adjusting our attitudes to create the outcome we want in our daily encounters? Be enthusiastic about your next project, and the chances are you will recruit many people who want to play on your team. Even when you seem to hit a stone wall, keep in mind there's always ways to get around it, go over it, go through it or just plain knock it down. Don't give up. Adjust your attitude to one of success, and that is most likely what you will succeed and be achieving. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For coaching and consultations, go to 925-377-7827 or visit star-style.com.
2: Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. the volume grab a seat and get ready to be challenged inspired and motivated to greatness it's power party time on star style be the star you are with your hosts the mother-daughter dynamic duo Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany
1: well thank you for staying with us here on star style be the star you are you are in for some exciting truths that might be shocking and it's definitely reality UFOs have been a subject of intense interest for years. There's movies made about it. But now there is proof, and it's been verified at the highest levels. The New York Times bestseller, UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Go on the Record by Leslie Keene is really pulling back that uh, curtain on all these occurrences, that 5% that were unexplained before. Welcome, Leslie, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Cynthia, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This is such a fascinating book because over the years, uh, we have, you know, read a lot about UFOs. We've seen a lot of movies. There's been a lot of sci-fi. But this is really the first groundbreaking book out there where you went and did it. Ex- extreme amount of research to talk to to people who absolutely have been there, done that, seen it and can attest to that 5% that was truly
4: unidentifiable. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I did, I have to say I did spend over 10 years looking into this and it's not only the people that have done there and been that those people happen to be the ones in my book anyway, very high-level officials. So I think that's one of the really, you know, groundbreaking aspects of this is that I have invited some of these officials to actually write their own pieces in the book. That's what makes it so fascinating.
1: Yeah, and readers get to hear we have from. have firsthand account. And, right. uh, you know, one of the things that you still state is that we're still not exactly sure what these UFOs are. UFOs obviously stand for un- unidentified flying objects. But many countries,
4: at least now, are agreeing that there is something else out there. Absolutely. There is something unidentified out there, and it's a very physical, widely observed, and well-documented phenomenon. And, you know, governments, official agencies have documented it around the world, and five of the writers in my book are generals. So, I mean, we know there is something there, but you're right. We don't know what it is. And nobody in the book is claiming that these are extraterrestrial spacecraft or aliens driving vehicles through space or anything like that. They're just saying there is something. There is something and it's very mysterious but the bottom line is there it really exists and I think a lot of people don't even want to accept that something unidentified exists but it does we have to we have to deal with that and well, um and the question provided, is what is it uh,
1: in your book and the name of the book is UFOs ج- generals pilots and government officials go on the record photographs of uh, of actual sightings that were Documented, some of them had to be enhanced to see the colors, etc. But over and over as I read each chapter and I read each person's description from these very high ranking people, most of them had very similar things to say as far as the shapes, the colors, the light patterns, uh, and the, the pilots to me were some of the most interesting because especially United States pilots, it's been taboo for them to ever experience seeing anything that might be unidentifiable for fear of losing their job or being or being considered crazy or or both.
4: Right. I mean, you're right. And, you know, what we have in the book is we have it accounts by, um, you know, we've heard from American pilots, but also some pilots from other countries, which really illustrate the differences in what you, what you well, just
1: the said. Co- other countries, for example, Belgium and France, they were much more open about these experiences, and especially these occurrences over Belgium for, uh, you know, a long period of time. And the fighter pilot that actually was
4: in a dogfight with one of them and the bullets bounced right off. Exactly, and there were two pilots that actually has written their own accounts in the book of their direct experiences, as you said, trying to shoot them down. One of them actually shot at one. The, the bullet seemed to be kind of absorbed or fell down. Didn't affect the object in the slightest to have huge shells shot at it. And then they and had a, they, that some I of them. Found, well, that to me was amazing because there are only those
1: couple of instances that it's been documented that they, you know, they were shot at and nothing seemed to happen. But what was really amazing to me as a person who flies a lot is the fact that many commercial airlines have experienced these UFOs up close and personal, shadowing them, sometimes in front of them, and when a pilot has gone to uh, divert the plane so it wouldn't crash, these objects can move so fast that they just they shoot up, they shoot down, but they, there have not been collisions.
4: Right. I mean, it's really, I, I think that generally everybody agrees that the highest level people I've talked to, that these objects do not demonstrate any hostility. No
1: and hostility at this
4: point, but we don't know what they're doing. Yeah, we don't. It's mysterious, but you're right. When they do encounter aircraft, sometimes the pilots even make a dive suddenly, thinking they're going to have a collision with a UFO, but it always gets out of the way. That's always happened.
1: So, there, is it, was there, is there, I mean, I don't read a conclusion What. Is there a conclusion at this point that it's all experimental? I mean that there whatever these objects are, they are coming to learn more about our planet. I mean there it seems that over and over again there are sightings above airfields, above plants of different kinds.
4: It seems like it, it's almost like learning about the planet. Yeah, I mean, it's one hypothesis that people have, and again, we don't know, so there's lots of interesting theories, and we can, you know about why they might be here, if indeed these are extraterrestrial visitors, which certainly is a very strong possibility, as has been stated by generals and high-level people around the world, but that really has to be proven scientifically, and then we can learn a lot more about if that is indeed what's happening. We'd like to know, of course, about why it's happening and what they're doing. That we just don't know yet, though.
1: Well, I know I had read uh, quite a bit in the past about uh, the astronomer um, Alan Hynek, and he was always a skeptic. He was very much a scientist and, you know, never came to conclusions. But towards the end of his life, he definitely changed his position to saying, okay, uh, there really is a physical entity out there. Absolutely. We're still not sure what it is, but there, there, UFOs definitely exist.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went through a major transformation, a very important historical figure. I'm glad you brought him up. And he actually worked for the U.S. Air Force. He was their scientific consultant during the years of Project Blue Book, the right. airport. Right, he
1: was, I mean, and didn't he do a lot, I don't want to say he did the cover-up, but he was pretty much under the radar as far as Americans knew, trying to figure out what was going on.
4: Exactly, and he was actually a strong debunker when he was first came on with the Air Force. I mean, he used to ridicule cases. He came on because he he believed it was such nonsense that he wanted to prove himself right. And by the time he was done spending about 20 years looking into this, he completely transformed his position and came to realize that there really is a physical phenomenon here that's very mysterious. And needs to be discovered. I mean, he came to the same conclusion that, you know, others have come to when they've gone through the same process. But he's one of the most famous people that's been through this kind of transformation with this and, phenomenon. And
1: uh, your, I mean, what I really do like about your book is you are an unbiased observer. You are just documenting all the research you have done. You have first person chapters in here written by the very generals, pilots, and government officials that were willing to go on the record. And there's, of course, many other people that don't want to go on the record. But after all of this that you have been through and you have read and you have seen, does it seem to you that the United States still is doing more to keep it covered up than other countries? It seems other countries are much more open about it.
4: I think that's a really important point. Um yes, it does seem that way, and in fact, I think it's it's actually the way it is. That the, and we document this throughout the book, and you can see the differences between how the U.S. government handles this issue versus how other countries do. And there's no question that we're a lot more uh, secretive about it than countries in Europe and countries in South America, which actually have public agencies that investigate UFO cases.
1: And I we found that very fascinating. I, I, you know, I didn't. I always think of America as being progressive, and Trying to find the truth, et cetera, but I, I guess I don't understand why Americans are not allowing the scientists to speak up, et cetera, when other countries are definitely investigating this, because together we could do so much more.
4: Absolutely. Were... I agree with you and that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. You know, there has been this taboo against the subject of UFOs. It's gone on for decades. That's why so many people think it's something to just laugh about it's and it becomes sort of part was, of the with that the ridicule, official...
1: ridicule too because there are all those people out there that think if you're talking about UFOs, or you're talking about aliens and I want to make it clear you're not talking about aliens here. We're just saying that there is, you know, there are 5% of cases that definitely have no explanation. Did you come under ridicule too
4: for a while? Just going, trying to find, get to the truth? Actually, it, I, I haven't. And I think it's because, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few journalists that's really dug into this and really stuck with it and applied sort of a rigorous journalistic standard to it. So I've always been very careful about the information that I bring out. And because of that, I really, I have not been subjected to ridicule, at, you know, all the years I've been doing this. I've just, I, I feel very fortunate about that.
1: Well, but I agree. I think it's also because of the way in which you have I have approached this, but we do have to stop stonewalling about this and, and get more to the bottom of it. I was fascinated with the drawings and mm-hmm. uh, that the different people whether they be civilians or military or uh political figures when they encountered such things that they made these drawings and the the the, the radioactive forces that seemed to be surrounding these vehicles, if you can call them vehicles, whatever it is that they are, so so many were triangular. It seemed in shape or saucer-like, um, and some of them
4: are were extremely large, like several football fields. Exactly. I mean, there is a variety, but they all sort of they formulate. Usually, they're either triangular, delta-shaped, or disc-shaped, and you know. But there is a lot of variety in the, in the way they look, and I think that's one of the more interesting aspects of them is the fact that there is this variety. And I think the drawings you mentioned are really important. They're scattered throughout the book and the, as part of the reports that we offer, because people draw these things right after they see them, when it's very fresh in their minds. And you can have witnesses in different locations drawing the same object, and then you can compare the drawings, and you'll see that they're the same. So you, you sort of as a way of verifying what the thing looked like. It's a very important part of the record.
1: Yeah, it's, it's extremely important, because we do have to get public dissemination of these results. And I think the people... That can look at this and scientifically analyze it and then realize that it's a cross section not just of one population but across the world. And these sightings have been seen across the world in many, many, many different terrains and climates. So it's not, you know, it's not crazy people that are seeing this. They're, these are existing. Uh, wh- what kind of procedures do if someone sees something, do they have to go through as far as reporting? Did you, when you talk to people, did you find it was really strenuous? I know for Americans it is. It, it doesn't seem to be for the French or the Belgium or
4: the South Americans. Exactly. I mean, in America, you know, the 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 the, 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 the former countries, the the, the best South American and European countries, have places to go, official places to go to make these reports, especially if they're a military person or a pilot. In America, even the pilots have been told by the FAA, their employer, who's responsible for for air safety in our country, the FAA has told its employees not to report UFOs to them but to go to a UFO organization if they see something. So that's how much our government does not want to deal with this. And it is different in other countries, absolutely easier for people there.
1: You had a story, and we're speaking with uh, Leslie Keene, who has written this really fascinating book. It's on the New York Times bestseller list now called UFOs, generals, pilots, and government officials on the record, about a United pilot who did experience something, decided not to talk about it, and then a short time later was with his boss, you know, out on a fishing, I think it was a duck hunting or fishing trip, mm-hmm, uh-huh. and decided to say something. And the response from the boss was, well, I'm really sorry that you saw this because bad things happen to uh, people who talk about these things. That right, is, right. That, to me, was just like an immediate cover-up. You know, it was like almost a conspiracy that, you know, we don't talk about anything. You don't, you didn't see that. You didn't see what you thought you saw.
4: Exactly. I mean, it was, imagine being the person who actually had the sighting. I mean, and I've, I've met this man, his name is Neil Daniels. He's a United captain, as you said, and... You know, these guys, they have these very, very, um, you know, extraordinary encounters with these things, and there's absolutely no place for them to turn, so it's just very difficult for them, and you're right, the attitudes are damaging. It's damaging all the way around, because
1: otherwise you're not going to get people that are coming out to talk about it, but again, the name of the book is UFOs, it truly is groundbreaking evidence that UFOs exist, we don't know what they are, and you'll read about the pilot's the government officials, and generals who talk about it. Leslie Keene is the author. Let's send them to the website, Leslie. You have a great website with videos and all kinds of information, and you can pick up the book there, of course, or your favorite online or... A retail bookstore, and that's UFOs on the record.com. Is that the website you want people to go to?
4: That's correct. Yep, UFOs on the record.com. Everything is there, and also we have a Facebook page. They can link to that as well from the web, website. So make sure so to you. go
1: there. And again, Leslie Keene is the, the author, and she is an investigative journalist who gives a non biased. Uh, uh, Viewpoint, actually writes for very prestigious newspapers and magazines, this is a voice you can trust. Leslie, thank you so much for sharing the UFO information here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We're going to be hearing more about this. You know, I think that we need some authenticity out there, and America's better get on the bandwagon with some of the other countries. I mean, together we definitely may be able to find an
4: answer. Well, Cynthia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving a voice to this and for having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Leslie. And thank you, all of you, for listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. We are here with you every week for expert advice, new books, and, of course, we want you to be the stars you are. For more information, visit our website, org. Go out into the world. Make it a great day. Shine and sparkle. I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and wishing you be the star you are. We'll see you next week.